Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, has their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Bridgestone Weather Peak. But did you know they sell other automotive products as well? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, just go to TireRack.com slash sports, TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Uh, Things are going down in Nashville. One NFL executive thinks that one NFL coach should already be fired. That and so much more. Welcome in as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Rich, you know we can't do this alone today. You know that that is... That we maybe could, but we don't, we don't want to. Right. Like, like we need everybody here. We need John Ramos, who is here. Yeah. We need Jason Stewart. And we need fresh off of three plus hours of Taylor Swift, Woo! one Monty Bolaños. Yes, that's what we've got tonight and today. The whole deal. Welcome in. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm so excited to not only get our sports update later on, but also our T-Swift update. I am so, so entranced by the social media that follows the traveling carnival. That is the Eras Tour. I have not spoken to somebody in person um, or or over the line or anything uh, who's been to one of these concerts. So this is going to be – this is a fascination of mine. So much to unpack there. 
there. Um, but while, while we're settling into the dog days of summer in baseball, a lot to unpack in the NFL all of a sudden. My goodness. And the more things change, the more they stay the same in Washington, D.C. Drama with the Commanders has nothing to do with their quarterback situation and trying to decide that. It has to do with their new offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, And we wouldn't have known that these issues are happening if it wasn't for Ron Rivera, the commander's head coach. If you missed it, if you're just tuning in, maybe you've been away from social media, maybe you've just been at work all day, maybe you've been waiting for us to talk about this issue. This is what Ron Rivera had to say today when talking about new offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy and maybe having some of his coaching tactics being a little bit too harsh on the players, here's the commander's head coach. I had a number of guys come to me and I said, hey, just go talk to him. I said, understand what he's trying to get across to you, you know, and I think as they go and they talk and they listen to him, it, it, it's, been, it's been enlightening for a lot of these guys. I mean, it's a whole different approach. Um, you know, you, you, again, you get a different kind of player from, from the players back in the past, um, especially in light of how things are coming out of college football. So a lot of these young guys, you know, they do struggle with certain, certain things. Eric has an approach, and it's the way he does things, and he's not going to change and, and, and because he believes in it. Jack has his approach. You know, um, having been a head coach, I think Jack has a tendency to try and figure guys out a little bit more as opposed to, hey, this is it, this is the way it's going to be, that type of stuff. Where Eric Eric hasn't had that, that experience yet. And just that when they came to you, it was just they felt like Eric was riding them too hard? or Well, um, they just were a little concerned. Hmm. little concerned. A little concerned. That's The funny thing about it is – Pandora's box was just ripped open with Ron Rivera in all the comments that he made. And then it was like at the end, he's like, all right, I'm not going to reveal absolutely everything, even though I almost aired all of our dirty laundry just prior. A little concerned. Uh, are you concerned at all about Eric Bieniemy, or are you concerned about the Washington Commanders, Rich Ornberger? I- I'm concerned about Ron Rivera. What the hell is he doing? I mean, There's why? Riverboat Ron. Yeah, talk about taking a gamble. Like, why? Why do, A, we need to know this story? Look, the story is based off of good reporting. So if we know the story, we know the story. Okay, fine. But B, why is he confirming it? Like, if there is any sort of issue going on inside of your organization, I'm not saying you have to lie or even evade the question. But you can simply say, this is football. We're working on football here. Um, We set our ceilings aside in this organization uh, to chase down the greater good, which is having a strong team that's capable of winning a Super Bowl. And that's our aim this year. Next question. Like that, that's how that question is supposed to be answered. It's not, listen, we're living in a new generation with new players who have their feelings. And as coaches, it's, it's Eric's job to decide who he needs to approach with kid gloves versus who he needs to, you know, I mean, does it, is it carrot or the stick today, you know? Yeah. And maybe he's been a little too heavy handed with the, with, I mean, like what? I, this, this could have been, all put to bed with one sentence and Ron Rivera 
opened his mouth and inserted his own foot. And so now this is going to be a talking point for the rest of the week in Washington and certainly today across the country. But didn't he fall victim? This is this is where I think Ron Rivera went wrong. And by the way, this is not the first time that Ron Rivera has said something in the media that had us scratching our heads. Remember last year, the whole <laughs> the whole quarterback oh, thing and where they were lacking yeah. and tried to clear it up. And I, saying, mean, I mean, flat out, they yeah. asked him, hey, Ron, why is the rest of the NFC East surging right now? And really, you guys are struggling here in Washington. And he just said, quarterback. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, it, was, it really was a great candid moment. And I know that you and I have talked about this. I love non-coach speak. So it's really like I've really tried to not get on guys, players, coaches, GMs, execs, whoever, that do tell you how they feel. This is where I think Rod Rivera uh, made a mistake, though, Rich, is when you try to please everyone, you please no one. Mm. And I felt like he was trying to say, I hear you, players. I hear you. I'm your head coach. Do you know what? Just go Just go talk to the guy. It's new generation. So, you know, I, I, I've kind of got his back, too. What I would have wanted to hear and why I think Rivera didn't say this is – we brought Eric Bieniemy in for a reason. We brought him to change the offense. We brought him to change the culture on that side of the football. And right now, nothing is nothing has changed. Now that may alienate him from some of the players who had the concerns. And maybe as a former player, that's what Ron Rivera is worried about. But that's what I would want to hear from him. Stick up for someone. Stick up, and in, in, in this case, probably stick up for the guy that you just brought in as your offensive coordinator. We have no idea if they're going to last one season, what new ownership is going to be. I understand a lame duck status by a head coach, but in trying to please everybody, I think Rivera pleased no one. I agree with you. I think that is the perfect way to put it. I think, I think look, coaches, I think, by and large, hate the fact that some of them. I shouldn't spe- blanket statement. This is this does not go for all of them because I think I think some of the coaches hate the fact that they have to be the a hole every once in a while. That they have to be the bad guy, right? I think certain certain coaches they they absolutely love it. They love the opportunity to exert their authority. They love the opportunity to exert their control. But other guys want to be everybody's buddy, but they know that the job requires them to be the bad guy sometimes and Ron Rivera I think I think struggles with it occasionally and I think publicly he was struggling with it here I think in this case he actually was trying to appease the media like he wanted to give them you know a a real answer to this question and the truth is you don't need to do that I mean this whole situation could be handled internally everything you just said could have been done inside of the building he could have gone to the players and said, hey, look, I hear you, and maybe you got to go talk to him and explain to him, you know, your your coaching, st- the way that you're used to being coached, and maybe maybe some of the things that you're struggling with, and have an open conversation with your coach. You're allowed to do that. Go visit him in his office. Trust me, you just need to build a bond with, with Coach uh, Biennemi, and you're going to see that you two have common ground as well. 
And then you go to your coach and be like, hey, listen, whatever your take on the situation is, but privately, you could say, hey, listen, some of the guys, you know, they're having a hard time with the way you're coaching them. Maybe tone it down. Or you could say some of the guys are having a little hard time with the way you're coaching them, but I've got your back. I'm, t- I'm sending them to your office. Just talk them down from the ledge. Everything's going to be fine, but I got your back. Either way, whichever way you want to handle it, you do it behind the scenes because the reality of the situation is nobody else needs to know how you're handling this situation. 8-8-1 eight, eight and one were the commanders last season. It's not like they were 4-13 and 13 and needed something that was, you know, a, a complete overhaul. But you are in a division with the defending NFC champions. Cowboys should be pretty good, and the Giants made the playoffs. They were the only team from that division that did not make the playoffs. So maybe you need some of this. But I I will also say that there is another branch off of the story, and it starts at, at I think it's at 4 o'clock Eastern time today is the parade, where everybody who said Eric Bieniemy shouldn't be a head coach will have their victory celebration because they're pointing to this story. But yeah. that is the other story, and I'm saying that facetiously because anybody who didn't think that Eric Bieniemy sh- shouldn't be a head coach is pointing to the fact of, see, look at this. This is why he's not a head coach. Is this why he's not a head coach, Rich Ornberger? Do these do these things come off well? Because as soon as these comments made, were made public, two former Kansas City Chiefs and Tyree Kill and McCole Hardman came to Eric Bieniemy's defense in in sticking up for their head coach. But does any of this you think play in a reason why Bieniemy isn't a head coach in the NFL? Oh, it's very possible. It absolutely is very possible. Um, you know, I mean, look there there are there are a lot of attributes that a head coach needs to have. Composure is one of them. And and what I mean by that is, look, football is a brutish, violent sport where, I mean, you can have you can have complete psychopaths go out there and have success at this game. Guys who literally talk themselves into an absolute frenzy. And you have to be, as a head coach or a coach in general, somebody who can connect with a player where they are, even where when they're in a complete frenzy, right? So you have to be able to connect with that guy. But also you need to be able to connect with the, the, the book reading, shy, uh, introspective, um, you know, introverted player who is going to help your offense or help your defense, but, but they're not into the rah-rah stuff. You're going to have to meet, like I was saying earlier, everyone where they are. And as a head coach, you're as much a politician as you are a coach. Sure. You're as much a uh, spokesperson as you are a coach. Like, you wear so many different hats. I'm not saying that Eric Bieniemy can't be a head coach, but maybe there are certain uh, character traits that actually help him be a great offensive coordinator that certain owners or general managers or people in hiring places look at as liabilities if he did take on a head coaching uh, role. I, I don't know if that's true. That's pure conjecture and speculation, but it could have something to do with the reason why he has interviewed many times but has yet to uh, to earn a head coaching job. I, I don't. We don't know what players spoke up. We have no idea. Players weren't named. I am not going to speculate at all. And so the names that I mention, I'm making it a point, even though I, I have no idea if, if they are the ones who complained or, or didn't complain and maybe we're fine with Eric Bieniemy's coaching. But I started off the top in explaining what's happening in Washington, Rich. And we know this. You're basically 
breaking in a new quarterback in Sam Howell. That, that's likely going to be your guy, even though Jacoby Brissett is there. You have a second-year running back in Brian Robinson, who made a miraculous comeback from the gunshot wounds that he had last year, but again, second year in the league. And while you have Terry McLaurin, a great wide receiver in the NFL and other weapons, you also have Jahan Dotson, who is one of the top wide receiver talents in the National Football League that's entering his second year. He flashed at times last year. There are very, very young pieces to that Washington offense. So it's not like it's laden with you know six seven year vets at these important skill positions and i wonder if that plays a part of a part of it as well as again i don't know if it was any of those guys that that voiced their displeasure but i would think that first and second year guys that are going to play major roles for the team are probably being told and coached about their importance to the squad this year all you have to do is go on any of these websites that have rosters available and click on roster and swipe over to age on the offensive side of the football and just scroll. I, these are this is a young team offensively. It's a young team offensively, and so that's the reason. That's where the rub is. You know, these guys talk to each other after practice. I mean, me and my teammates, we would talk about the coaches, the coaches who we think were doing a great job, the coaches who we thought were fake tough guys, the coaches who we thought, um, you know honestly didn't really belong or have a role but they were just nice people and they were good rah-rah guys you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. players have opinions on coaches it's not just coaches opinions on players and and that stuff is actually shared with the nflpa once a year when the players are surveyed in order to get an idea of what free agent landing spots look like across the nfl and so like this is very common what's happening inside of Washington, that players have a disagreement with the way they're being coached. The problem is the source report went public, and then the head coach confirmed it. <laughs> it's just, like this would never happen with a Bill Belichick-run team. This would rarely, if ever, happen with a Pete Carroll team. Frankly, it never happened with this same offensive coordinator in Kansas City with Andy Reid. I would pay four ninety nine a month to hear Ron Rivera's true thoughts. So that he's giving us for free, I am completely all for it. I mean, I would pay to hear what other NFL coaches actually believe about their teams and what's going on well, instead of the coach. Speak. All you got to do is subscribe for a simple cost of four ninety nine at onlyron dot com. I was, was going to say Commanders Plus, but I, I I like yours better. He's Rich Ordberger. I'm Dan Byer, sitting in for Doug Gottlieb today. Get rich on X at Ornberger. You can find me there as well at Dan Bayer on Fox, uh, old Twitter as we can call it. So Ron Rivera in the news as we are live from the TireRack.com studios, not necessarily sticking up for his assistant coach. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Rich Hornberger, the NFL vet. I'm Dan Beyer. I want to let you know that you have to enter the Summer of Tire Rack sweepstakes. Congratulations to Anthony Kay from Huntingburg, Indiana, who was our first winner to receive a set of 
four brand new tires. Now it's your turn to win. Our next winner will be selected this Sunday, and then our third winner will be picked on August 27th. So Anthony from Indiana and two more winners have the opportunity to win a set of four tires, plus installation, taxes, and fees valued at up to $1,500 thanks to Tire Rack. Enter daily to continue getting new entries into the contest every day at foxsportsradio.com. Again, to enter or get rules, visit foxsportsradio.com, sponsored by TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Huntingburg, Indiana in southwestern Indiana, just south of Jasper, maybe northeast of Evansville, if that helps you. I don't know if you're a map guy, but I was curious where Huntingburg, Indiana was, and I went and looked it up, and there it was. Smack dab in southwestern Indiana-ish. I am so bad with geography. Um, I remember growing up when Notre Dame was on television all the time growing up in New York. I just assumed that Notre Dame was in New York. And so our friends in Indiana know it's not. <laughs> but until I was uh, un- probably, oh boy, this is a oh really boy. embarrassing. Oh no. no. Dude. Oh, yeah. I got it. I have to be 100% honest. Until I was playing college football, I did not know that Notre Dame was out of the state. And that is oh, that wow. is the truth. Yeah. Wow. Geography 101 at Penn State filled you in. They let you. Well, actually, oh, you know what? You just jogged my memory, actually. I, 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 I learned it when I was being recruited. So it was when I was 18. It was my senior year of high school when I started receiving mail from Notre Dame, their interest in me as a potential prospect. And I was like, oh, my God, they're in Indiana? Oh, that doesn't make sense. Why are they played all the time in New York? Oh, that's great. You book your recruiting trip and you're like, hey, we're, we're going to land in LaGuardia. <laughs> that's going to work out well for <laughs> us. Uh, uh, joining us now, as he does every week during the football season, and yeah, it's football season right now. He's the host of the 3 and Out podcast. Former NFL scout John Middlecoff joins the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, John, we started the show with this Eric Bieniemy, Ron Rivera airing of grievances by the players of Eric Bien- enemy uh is is this a big deal uh for the washington commanders isn't it a big deal for eric b enemy and his new gigs in dc yeah i mean i i think there's a couple ways to look at it you know this isn't the nba people get yelled at so it's like this is football uh but i also think it's a little weird though ron i would consider an old school coach i i haven't heard the audio i read his quote of it you know, just kind of talking about it and then, you know, bring it to light, which was a little weird. Now, big picture with this organization, new owner, everyone's on the hot seat. You know, I just think there are a lot of moving parts. The quarterback position clearly is in flux, right? I mean, I've heard, I've seen headlines of Ron bringing up Jacoby Brissett multiple times. I mean, if if that's you know, if Sam Howell can't get it done, you got to go to him. We saw how that goes last year in Cleveland. That they're going to lose. So uh, I just think there's a lot going on. But I, the enemy screaming at guys or making guys uncomfortable. I mean, it's it's football now. You know, the guy that he's worked for for basically the last decade. That's not really his style. So it's like he, what he saw firsthand in Andy Reid. Andy's not really a screamer, though his message gets across, but. Like I'm a big believer, and you know, as a as a podcast host, radio host, as a CEO, whatever you do, be authentic to who you are, and if that's who he is, like that's that's him as a coach. So it's ultimately he's going to win or fail 
because, you know, of the quarterback play, of the scheme, not necessarily whether he's too loud. You know, I, I have no problem with Eric Bieniemy being a screamer or Ron Rivera, you know, understanding the plight of the player and all this, or whichever way this omelet is made, it doesn't really matter. The ends justify the means. I agree with you also. I think that football overall is a very different sport from other sports where you can get away with a little bit more of, of maybe the, the harsher tones and the abusiveness. It's kind of a part of the game. However, having said all of that, the fact that it's been made public and now confirmed by the head coach suggests to me that this was handled the wrong way, and specifically by Ron Rivera. The fact that he became awfully chatty with the media when he was ready to answer the reason why you know, the, the Washington commanders were struggling in the NFC East was because of his quarterback, and then he had to walk that one back. And now here he is you know, basically publicly defending his players from his offensive coordinator, who he had a role in hiring in Washington. Has has Ron really lost his touch in terms of how to handle, you know, his comments to the media? Yeah, you know, I, I've always – I've met Ron a couple times. He's a really nice guy. But from – if you remove my personal thoughts on him as a human being, if you just look at him as a coach – it's been pretty hit or miss. I mean, I mean, we're not talking about the most successful coach, right? I mean, he does not win a lot. I think he only has three winning seasons in however long now he's been a head coach since like 2011 or whatever. So it's not like he's rattling off winning seasons year after year. I think, like you said, once you bring this to light, and again, this is there have been a lot of conjecture and talks about this specific coach over the last, what, half decade with Eric Bieniemy. This is a player, this is not a media-contrived talking point, right? These are players complaining about him. The other thing is, I was just thinking, you know, you're a former offensive lineman, right? So I, I would say, if you look at the offensive unit, the offensive linemen, a lot like defensive players, are used to getting yelled at a lot. But I would say, as a whole, it's not like defensive coordinators, I would say, are much angrier consistently, they're screaming at you consistently. Offense is a little bit more touch and feel. So you could argue that Eric Bieniemy, this is this tactic. I think part of the reason these guys are yelling. This is not like the linebackers and the defensive linemen are knocking on Ron's door, right? Because he would probably tell them like toughen up. These are offensive players, skill guys, and they're, they're not used to. It. And it's not like all these guys are coming from you know nothing, right? They've been in the league for a while. They, Some of them were previous administration. Some of them are big school guys. Like they, They've seen the big time stuff. So, yeah, I mean, this is there's no way around it. It's a major red flag. My only big picture takeaway, though, is like, it's like there are a lot of red flags in August. Once you start winning, no one cares. And once you start losing, everyone cares. So it's, it's going to come down to, which is going to be hard because the Eagles are good. I think the Cowboys are really good. And obviously, if the Giants can keep Darren Waller and this rookie wide receiver healthy, they're going to be good again. So the, the Washington's just, how, how are they going to make the playoffs? John Middlecoff joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. I'll tell you the one guy that can put an end to all of this, and I wish I had the answer how the commanders would make the playoffs, but I don't have that answer. The one guy that can put an end to all of this is Patrick Mahomes. We've, we saw on TV Biennemi and Mahomes exchange words and doing it on multiple occasions. If a player of that caliber, a two Super Bowl, uh, you know, two-time Super Bowl champion, league MVP, 
comes out and sticks up for Eric Bieniemy, I think it takes anything that the Commanders players may have said and makes it moot. See, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on that. I agree. Like when those guys supported him when they were his coach, but he's now running his own operation, right? So it's like what you know. At the end of the day, in Kansas City. I mean, their head coach was also kind of the play caller, too. So Mahomes can say whatever he wants today, but bieniemy has been gone for nine months, and now he's in charge of, I mean, technically it's like 45 guys. Obviously that gets cut yeah. down when they go to 53. But, so, yeah, it wouldn't hurt, but that doesn't change. And, again, I'm not trying to put words in these. Terry McLaurin or whoever the guy is on offense knocking and bitching and moaning like this is insane, right? That doesn't change his opinion No, but and, I w- and his feelings of dealing with it. I, I would say this, though. Tyreek Hill and Nicole Hardman came out defending Eric Bieniemy, and if there's anybody that has more cachet than Tyreek Hill, it may be Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, but that's about it. And I, th- I think Tyreek Hill's comments carried weight in all of this. And those are guys that left Kansas City. You would think, well, maybe they wanted to leave because, you know, we know Tyreek Hill wanted more money and the Chiefs didn't want to pay him, but they're not even there anymore. But if Pat Mahomes came out and said it, yeah, we don't know if it's if it's Sam Howell or Terry McLaurin or whoever, and I hate naming names because I don't want to draw anybody to it, but I think there's a part of the Washington fan base as well as like, you know what? We want to have those answers to make the playoffs. And if it is Eric Bieniemy that can bring that, obviously what we've done in the past hasn't worked. So why the heck are we listening to our players? You know, if, I just I just think that the heaviness of 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 someone like Patrick Mahomes coming to the defense of Eric Bieniemy would do a lot to shift this narrative, which I feel is a little anti Bieniemy at this time. So that's yeah. I mean, I, the, the, my my problem with that though, just the anti the enemy thing. The head coach who hired this guy is the one talking about this, right? Sometimes when these stories happen, and then players come out and say, you know, where'd you get this? This isn't true. This is a self created, like the the head man admitted that players are, you know, this is their own internal issue. Like there's nothing that can come out to me externally that can stop this. Like they got to figure it out on their own. You're right, the fans, whatever. But, I mean, the fans in Washington are used to being a joke. So I, I, I just think they got – I mean, this is kind of an extension of the Snyder era. This is classic Washington. Yeah, yeah, it does. It actually does feel like classic Washington. Um, moving away from our our uh, nation's capital to the great state of Indiana, where uh, Notre Dame happens to be, uh, <laughs> another team, uh, the Indianapolis Colts are out there, and they're having this prolonged, protracted issue with their running back, Jonathan Taylor. He wants an extension or a trade. What do you think is more likely? The Colts figure it out with Taylor, or he's playing for a different team come the regular season listen in a vacuum if you like football and you follow college football and obviously the pro it's hard not to like this guy when he's healthy right he's he was a stud in college he was a stud his first two years i'm pro jonathan taylor but like if i ran another team one the colts aren't just going to give him to you for like a fifth round pick and two he wants to be paid so i'm not trading anything of value and then paying him whatever 40 50 million dollars guaranteed so he doesn't have a market you know, I mean, Florio, whoever can ride it all they want. But we've seen Austin Eckler's got like 50 touchdowns the last couple of years. Doesn't even make that much money, and no one was trading for him. So the, the, the amount of guys or amount of people in the league that would trade for he doesn't have a trade market based on his value to them and what he would cost. Now, I, I think it's going to go a lot like, you know, I, I give credit. Say what you want about Jerry Jones. Uh, same with Ursay. Like, they'll tell you how they feel. Like, Jerry said, we're, we're moving on without Zach Martin who, to me, and we can get into the running back thing, like, 
everyone acts like the running backs should do shorter contracts and incentivize out of college. Like, what about guards and what about linebackers? Like, they're not alone in this fight. Uh, but I just think that they're just going to let it ride. And the other thing is, and it's hard to know because of this contractual situation, is he's still not practicing. So is it uh, this back injury that might have happened off the field? Is it the ankle injury still from last year? It's just it's kind of a bizarre situation. It'd be one thing if he was just truly holding out. It's another thing with him walking around, moping around, claiming he's hurt. They don't think he's hurt. It just, to me, it gets back to that phone call. And that phone call with all the running backs was led by a bunch of rich guys. You know, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb. These guys are extended, making a lot of money. Saquon's made a ton off the field, and he was the number two overall pick. And I think it clearly got in this guy's head. And uh, now he's like he comes back and he has however many double-digit touchdowns. At worst case, they got a franchise tag him, which is twelve, thirteen million dollars. And I know these running backs act like they're in the poorhouse with that, but the market's the market, and if he produces, he'll get paid. He's the host of the Three It Out podcast, former NFL scout and coach John Middlecoff. Get him on X at John Middlecoff. John, we appreciate it. Getting closer and closer to week one. Now a month away. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Thanks, man. See you guys. Enjoy the day. See you. He's Rich Warrenberger. I'm Dan Beyer. In for Doug Gottlieb here on the Doug Gottlieb Show, live from the TireRack.com studios. Fresh off of a trip seeing Taylor Swift last night at SoFi Stadium. It's the one, the only, Monty Bolaños. Oh, my gosh. Guys, hello. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I'm in the room with T-Swift. Yes. Even it's me. Though- Hi, I'm Monty Bolaños. <laughs> oh, yes. You're yeah. the problem. It's you. Yes, these are all accurate statements. Yes, I Yes, I am the problem. How it was, was it me. last night? It was a lot of fun. She did not stop for over three hours. What? Any time that she stopped was maybe two minutes to change. That's That was the point. Every time she came out in another shimmery, glittery outfit that I wanted. She was so good. It was such a fun show. I also was like, oh, it's going to be the worst thing going to SoFi. I vowed that I was never going to go back to SoFi after my experiences watching NFL games uh-huh. because it's such a pain in the butt to get in and out of. We parked off-site at the Inglewood Public Library. They shuttled us in. It was the most magical experience. Wow. Like, And it was only like 40 bucks. Like, It was the most magical experience from beginning to end. One complaint. She did not do our song. That's mm. the name of the song, Our song, which I think put her on the map. It was from her first album. And then I was like leaving and I was like, did I, am I crazy? Did she not sing this? And I yelled at some girls. I was like, she didn't do our song right. And the girls are like, no, but she did it in Vegas. And I was like, oh, why? Why didn't you do the song? And actually, Monty, she did it on the first show because I was following uh, it. She says, it said our song and I guess one night she does a new or uh, different song and that was the one night she did that one. So you missed oh it. That's gosh. why. John, why would you tell me this? Oh, well, I just I want the record to be straight for all the people out there. So. <laughs> because John takes pleasure in others' pain. Oh, and we've been really? and we've been talking to him about this but it's a problem, okay? He's seeking gosh, help. Gosh, um, just look, destroy me. Uh, there are a lot of people out there who have posted this reaction they had at the end of the concert the lights go on they're playing yes. the hey get the hell out of yeah. here music and their uh, their mascara is running the makeup has just been smeared from yes. their face yes and they are a, an emotional mess yes. was that monty bologna no you know there was a moment early on where i thought i could shed a tear 
There was a moment, but I did it. It just, yeah, it was a great, great, great experience. And then my friend had her assistant make us friendship bracelets while she was working <laughs> yesterday. And so we had the friendship bracelets, and the point is to switch with somebody. Like, you know, and yes. I didn't do it, but my friend was able to do it with some of the girls. She was like, I just wanted to switch bracelets with somebody, and she got it. I didn't want to switch any. I wanted all of mine. So wow. clearly I'm not a good friend. In NFL <laughs> music. I'd like to announce a trade, one friendship bracelet. Yeah. Exactly. Wait a second. We, you've never told us that like, we should do that at Fox Sports Radio. Friendship bracelets? We should do friendship bracelets. <laughs> okay. Here's okay. mine, Rich. It signifies the 1942 Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. That's it. Per- Everybody right, knows it. that's Emmett Tillery. <laughs> Emmett Tillery won the... Heisman in 1947. <laughs> I'm on it. I'll make I'll make a some guys. <laughs> Colts All Pro running back Jonathan Taylor has left training camp to continue rehabbing his ankle injury off site. The New Orleans Saints are expected to sign running back Kareem Hunt and linebacker Anthony Barr pending physicals. And NFL media reports that the New England Patriots are signing veteran pass rusher Trey Flowers. A little reunion. Mm. It was a team that selected in fourth round in 2015. Back to you guys. Thank you very much, Monty. Yeah. It is the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Rich Hornberger. I'm Dan Beyer. I do want to pay off the tease. Mike Vrabel, the Titans head coach, is allowing defensive line coach and assistant head coach Terrell Williams to serve as the team's head coach in their first preseason game this weekend. I I know Bill Belichick has delegated power at times, but never delegated his own power. What do you think about Vrabel doing this in Tennessee? I think it's great. I think it's something that I'm very confident uh, sure-minded coaches do with their their assistants um, for them to get the experience that they have as a head coach, keeping their eye on everything that's going on and not just a position or a side of the football or basketball. In certain cases, we've seen this with Steve Kerr. Not only has he deputized assistant coaches to be his interim for a night and has sat on the bench or behind the bench, but Steve Kerr's done it with players. There have been a couple of games where, you know, Draymond Green was the head coach for the Golden State Warriors. I think it's great. I think the more people who know how difficult your job is, uh, the more they'll value, especially if you're good at your job, the more they'll value your your efforts. So I think it's I think it's a good story. I think it's a good thing to do. I remember when Dre, my coach, Jordan Poole, played two minutes that night. No, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> kidding. He's Rich Hornberger. I'm Dan Bayer. In for Doug Gottlieb here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. He's Rich Ornberg. I'm guessing this is our song. I'm guessing that that's the case. I'm not trying to be the guy who pretends to not know and not know. I do know certain Taylor Swift songs, but John Ramos, Jason Stewart, and obviously Monsi Bolaños have been talking about it nonstop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is our song. I could have told you that. Yes. (laughs) There it is. Monsi's got memories from last night. (laughs) Why did you play this? This is where I, I would have cried. I, I love the fact that I know so many of Taylor Swift's songs. And Everybody I does. I, I, but I don't realize it. Like Yes. Every time you say, like, oh, they, she didn't play our song, I'm just like, I have no idea what you're saying. And then Johnny Ramos, he cues up the tunes. I'm like, oh, no, I'm all over it. I know exactly what song this is. Down with the cause. Oh, great job. I'm a closet Swifty. You are. 
You are. Think Most people happened. are. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder why there was a raise for me in my last paycheck, and now I know why. Because I just I kind of find things that others don't. Well, right. now your raise is going to Taylor Swift since yeah. you've got some of the songs over the last two I, days. I, I, love how, I love how Ramos said it because I find things other people don't, like compromising pictures of our bosses. That's the reason for the raise. <laughs> Let's play a game. Yeah. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. I know that we are, I, I think that we are ranking stuff today. Is that yes, the case, Yes, right, John? Rank up. Yeah, rank up. <laughs> stuff is singular. I think we're only going to get to one ranking, basically. Oh, and it's going to be the best thing. Yes. All right, guys. We're going to rank the three best concerts that you've been to. Oh, wow. Okay, I like that. All I right? like that. Who goes first? Go, Dan. I'll go. I'll I'll go first. Now, in in order, this is uh, a little difficult. But number three, the first time that I saw U2 with my wife, who's a huge U2 fan, we saw them at the forum. And it meant a lot because of how much it meant to her. Mm -hmm. Ended up seeing them a couple of more times. But that would be number three on the list. Number two is really the first concert that I had really ever seen. Central Wisconsin Valley Fair. Wassa, Wisconsin, Ario Speedwagon. This is in 1994. They were riding the storm out in Marathon County, and it was awesome. And number one, I did get to see George Michael, my favorite artist, when he came to town. Gosh, now about 15 years ago, obviously since passed, but uh, to see him in his 25 tour was amazing. Wow. So All that's right. my three, two, and one. Those are good ones. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Pretty, pretty solid. solid. Yeah, Rich. Um, I'll go. All right. Um, I'll go in order from my uh, the first. The first concert I'll mention is actually my younger brother played in a band called Valet Parking, and I, I love that. I love. I mean, loved punk music growing up and he was in a pop punk band and he blew the doors off of uh, a tiny little bar in Bethpage it was one of the best concerts I've ever been to I was I, I was there that night were you there yeah, yeah because but I sat in my car for an hour because I thought they had valet parking no one came out and got my car so I just left and then I realized it was the band How many people were confused like you that um, I'll give you my real top three okay top three Doobie Brothers at Chula Vista the who at Madison Square Garden nice. and ACDC at Gillette Stadium. Wow. Yeah. Very different than Dan's. That's Very. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but did you hear it from a friend who heard it from a friend who heard it from another? You're messing around. And then it, you know, and everybody yeah, lost yeah, their yeah. minds. It's the best. It's the best. And then I had eight bags of cotton candy. That's that was good. it. Uh, those are our rankings. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. John Ramos's rankings coming up at 1261 Pacific. Uh, <laughs> it is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Rich Orenberger. I'm Dan Beyer. We are live from the TireRack.com studios. An enormous sign of desperation has shown up in the world of college sports realignment. we we'll tell you what that is next. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.